Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Hello there, everyone. This is Heidi Keeler, College of Nursing faculty at UNMC and your host for RN Huddle. Today, we're going to tackle a topic that if you've been in the nursing profession long enough, you most definitely have experienced, and that is symptoms of stress and burnout. And so we're going to talk about uh, how to deal with traumatic events, how to recognize stress and burnout in you, and also get some great pieces of advice as to how to manage this in your professional career. And uh, hopefully this can uh, carry over into your personal life as well. And we're going to talk with Kaylee Guinan, who is a nursing professional development specialist, manager at Nebraska Medicine, and Courtney Marshall, who is a nursing professional development specialist for women's services and labor and delivery in Nebraska Medicine. And this discussion will really give you some insight as to how to recognize stress and burnout in yourself, hopefully in your coworkers, and then give you some uh, advice as to how to deal with it. Without further ado... Kaylee and Courtney. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Courtney Marshall. I'm the Nursing Professional Development Specialist for Women's Services. So that's labor and delivery and postpartum. I'm at the Med Center. So I, what I do is I support staff. I do professional development. I help with training. And I also work with Kaylee. Hi, I'm Kaylee Guinan, and I am an MPD Specialist Manager at Nebraska Medicine. And I work with about 40 other MPD specialists across the organization in the hospital, ambulatory, and procedural areas to provide orientation, competencies, support, and a lot of other resources to nursing staff. We've been doing this for quite a long time, and about 75% of the time that we spend is onboarding and orienting new members to the profession. That's right. So um, a couple of things that Kaylee and I were going to talk about today, well, mainly we wanted to talk about uh, stress and stress management and how to deal with that. So I guess when I see new nurses and then just nurses in general that are having a hard day, I think there's a few different areas that are stressing them out. Usually I think I see people at the beginning of their shift that are really just anxious about what's going to happen that day and how are they going to get all of this stuff done. And then other area I think of stress that I see is the kind of stress that occurs when we witness traumatic events or we have really sad things happen while we're at work. The stressors I see most often because I deal with people joining the profession is those people reacting to healthcare specific stressors that you don't really, you may know about, but you may not realize the impact it makes on you as a healthcare professional when you're in the moment that adds up over time. And so a lot of work we do is helping people identify stressors so that they know what will affect them so that they can preventatively take care of themselves or know what to look for. Some of those specific ones are things like moral distress or compassion fatigue or no time to process or the pressure of knowing what you're coming into. Mm -hmm. Like Courtney said, for that day, 
just stress in general, burnout, all of those we see on a regular basis. And so we do want people to know how to see those. Right. And I think one of the most important things to remember when you're dealing with how do we deal with stress is really knowing yourself. And so that was kind of the first main topic that Kaylee and I wanted to talk about today is what's important about knowing yourself and your tendencies and your fears and your anxieties. And, and that is that if you know yourself, then you can, you can anticipate your own needs and you can um, prepare yourself for stress. And then you can hopefully respond to that um, so that you can do certain techniques to help um, keep your stress level at a minimum level. One of the things that I came across when I was on the floor, I worked in the cardiac area, and one of the biggest stressors that we dealt with was pulling a femoral sheath. It's a big deal, and there's a big risk. And every time we would do it, we would get anxious. Mm-hmm. So part of knowing that makes me nervous or knowing that makes me very anxious before, what we would do would be to identify a way to talk through that before you went into the room to do the task. So simply saying, all right, I recognize this in me. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'm going to talk through the policy. I'm going to look through the checklist. I'm going to review it in my head and take a couple of deep breaths before you go do it makes the actual situation lesser. What do you see in your world? Well, I feel like our nurses... Um, are in women's services, like say labor and delivery, are in a really specialized area of nursing. And so I think that what makes our nurses the most nervous um, is not like helping a woman give birth or maybe even like resuscitating a baby, although that can be really, really scary, but um, more so like the med surge kind of things, because like those are the things that we see less often. So I have nurses who are afraid of doing a central line dressing change and that sort of thing. Right, exactly. Because we just so rarely see them. I think a lot of people think of OB as being an area where it's all happy and sweet and lovely. And there is a lot of that. But then we also have patients nowadays who are getting pregnant that never would have been able to 20 years ago. And they may have more chronic diseases. And so we are seeing more central lines and we're seeing more cystic fibrosis and we're seeing more chronically ill patients. And so that does create anxiety in our nurses, I think, because it's just, um, you know, when 99 of your patients don't really require any IV medications or whatever, but then there's that one who's getting, you know, heavy duty antibiotics and um, is needing oxygen and whatever, I mean, I think you're going to feel a little bit like a fish out of water. So in that situation, again, it's like, I think that one of the best things that I talk to new nurses about is knowing um, the people around you and knowing your team. We have nurses who come to us from all over the hospital. We have nurses from MedSurge and ICU and we, and they all have strengths. And so when we know each other, we know each other's strengths. And it's great to be able to call on, you know, a multitude of people, depending on what you need. So in this day and age, I think that's more important than ever is no one can know everything, but it's great if you know who you can call to help. Absolutely. And one of the, one of the best things to let people know who do have stress that there are resources that you alone do not need to know everything because healthcare is a team sport. Right. 
And I am I love like some recent additions that we have at the hospital, like the well, I mean, we've had swoop nurses for a long time and they have gotten us out of many a pickle, but like I think also the new um, pilot that we're doing for the psych swoop, I think, has actually helped us a couple of times in the last few weeks even for all those areas where it's like, yeah, I really don't see this very much. So it's really nice to be able to call on, upon an expert and they're just really just a phone call away. It's, it's awesome. And talk about those scary situations. Like what do you do when you find yourself in like a situation that you've never been in before? And this happens um, sometimes like if a baby were to stop breathing or um, in labor and delivery, sometimes we have something called shoulder dissocia where the baby's head has delivered, but the shoulders are just too large to fit through. And so I think in those situations, nurses talk about like how they cope with those situations. And I always actually think back to some advice my dad gave me when I first became a nurse because my dad is a nurse as well. And he told me that when you're in those moments and you're panicking and you're feeling really frightened, that you should take your pulse. And that if your pulse is faster than your patients, <laughs> then you need to take some, some deep breaths. That's and awesome advice. I, yeah, it really is. Like, I've used it many, many, many times. And it's actually, it really helps. But I think what that advice really, the, what it gets to is when you're in a crisis situation, you can't forget to breathe. And, you know, however you can ground yourself, that's what you need to do so that you can get through this situation and get your patient to the other side. So, yeah, I take my pulse. But, I mean, I, I think we have other nurses who, who have other techniques. And you'll hear, like, a lot of times people, like, talk. They're talking to their patient, but you can tell when they're talking. They're like, talking. They're, like, they're actually down. talking themselves down. So I think that's great advice. One of the things that I always tell new nurses that they can recognize when they're pushed to the point of stress when they're running around like crazy and someone comes up and says how can I help you or what do you need and if they cannot articulate what they need to be able to get going that's the perfect time to stop take a breath think for two minutes do a quick prioritization and shuffle in your head of what's most important right now and sort of reset themselves because just stopping for a minute will save them so much time in the end versus running around trying to do it all. Right. right. I know. I like I've I ask people that all the time, how can I help? And it's like, I just need to chart. I just need to, you know, yeah. whatever. But it's like it you're right. Like if you could just stop and really think about what um what you what need you or need. what would help you. Yes. It's really to your absolutely. Advantage. I think a lot of people want to do it all themselves, and that can never happen. And if you don't stop and either think or go to the bathroom or eat food, it's very hard to make it through a 12, 13-hour shift three times a week, four weeks a year for, say, 50 years. Right. It's pretty impossible to keep up right. at that pace if you don't take care of it. And I see I see that like tendency of nurses on like both sides of the spectrum. So like from our brand new nurses, I can tell that what it is that makes them not ask for help is that they want to prove to themselves and to people around them that they can totally do it. And we all know that they can do it. If somebody has got enough time to ask you what they can do and you're scrambling, it's okay. It's it, and you should ask for help because you know, it's the, really the best thing for your patients as well. Sometimes assignments are handed out and they're uneven, and it's okay to lean on your coworkers. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. 
So do you want to talk about your bathroom technique that you talked uh, sure. tell people about? Yeah. I think that people do want to do it all and they, they don't want to stop for a minute. But one thing that I've always taught new people is when you get overwhelmed or when you recognize you're stressed or when you have anxiety or when a bad situation happens and you just need a minute to yourself, it's very hard on, especially in an impatient setting, to get some time to yourself. So I tell people to go in the bathroom. No one will ever interrupt you there. And you can take three minutes just to sit and either think or breathe or just get a moment to ground yourself. Or no one will ever turn you down if you say, watch my phone, I need a minute, and do that. It's just a lot of people won't give up that control of passing it off or admitting they need a minute or even recognizing how important it is in that moment for them to do that. And I think that affects the rest of their day, especially if it was an event that you do need to process or think through. Because a lot of times what happens in healthcare is you don't have time to think about it in the moment because something happens and it happens fast and it keeps going and then something else happens. And then before you know it, 12 hours are over. So then you're driving home and you don't remember how you got there or you're laying down trying to sleep at night and everything's just spinning in your head and you can't go to sleep. Well, then you can't go to sleep, and then you're crabby the next day, and then the same thing happens, and before you know it, you're totally exhausted. So we actually had a really sad thing happen in labor and delivery just not too long ago, and we actually lost a baby that was full term. And I'm not going to get into the details of that, but I do want to talk a little bit about how it affected the nurses who were taking care of the patient that day. Luckily, one of the things that I think we did right that day, and we did a lot of things right. I, I know, I think, I feel like we did everything right, but um, one of the things that we really did right was that we did a debrief after the event. And for all of you out there who, you know, have traumatic things happen or have accidents that happen or have the patient die or even have a code or an RRT or any of those situations, in the ideal world, um, a debrief would happen after all of those events. And they're so important. I think the debrief is so important because it gives everybody who's involved a chance to just run through what actually happened and then how they feel about it or if they could change one thing, what would that be? Um, What is their main feeling walking away from that situation? A lot of times it's like guilt. And that's what I found from from attending root cause analysis and um, multiple debriefs is that so often when, you know, harm comes to a patient, we blame ourselves, um, even when we didn't do anything wrong. I agree. I think debriefs are very underutilized, and it's very simple. For most debriefs, it's three questions. What went well? What could have been done differently? And what didn't go well? Simple questions like that give everyone the time to say, well, of course, we right. could have never predicted yeah someone would go into VTAC and code. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just don't know that. And that debriefing is what releases people from feeling, oh my gosh, what I miss. Because I promise every nurse out there who's ever had an RRT or code says, oh my gosh, what I miss. That's just the natural inclination. But by debriefing, it does take you through 
Sometimes things happen. Here's what we learned from it. Here's where we can go and maybe talk through the things that they wouldn't do in the moment. I think about like how important it is to remember that when we look back on something and we think I could have or I should have or I, you know, I ought to have done this is like we're making that statement with the knowledge of what we know right now in the present. But back then when that event occurred, we didn't know all the information that we know now. And so you can't judge yourself for not being able to predict the future. And I think that's really important to remember. I think um, I notice a lot of people like debriefs because it gives them a chance to kind of chronologically go through events. And if you think about what's happened, like if it's just say, take for example, that like say everyone's been traumatized by a really horrible event. All of the things that happen are kind of like floating around in space in their brains and they don't have a home and they don't have an organized place to go. And so, especially in emergency situations where it happens in a minute. Right. So, um, talking, like sitting down and like talking about the order of events and, you know, what you suppose might have caused this and that really um, helps to organize your thoughts. And so that you don't have traumatic thoughts that are popping up at random times during the day because hopefully they've been tucked into a more organized place. Debriefing is part of under the umbrella of healing talk. And we always tell nurses and nursing support or really anyone in healthcare that talking about situations and processing it helps. Because if you don't talk through it with someone who knows what you're talking about and who was through that same event, you tend to bottle it up. And that doesn't clear your conscious that doesn't process everything that happened and that's what leads to repeated stress or anxiety the next time or burnout in the future and that's so hard to do Mm -hmm. and I think too I listened to just this fabulous speaker he gave the best lecture and he was talking about journaling and and storytelling and I just really loved his message and I mean some people are really verbal and social and they want to tell stories out loud or whatever, but I think even if you're a more quiet person or don't feel like you have somebody you can confide in, try writing it out. Try telling a story and just writing it out on a piece of paper because I think that helps people we, process. We advocated for all the nurse residents to get a journal when they started. Oh, yeah, that's So a good that idea. if they didn't have someone to talk to, they could at least write it out mm-hmm. and process those feelings. Right. Journaling is huge. I don't think a lot of people embrace it. But those who do find it like a lifeline Mm -hmm. to get those feelings out. And it does, reviewing the story of what happened does meet the end goal of being able to process it and move on. As a final note, as we talk about healthcare stressors, our key takeaway for you is to identify when you're stressed at work and figure out how you can deal with it in the moment to help you through your day. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much, Kaylee and Courtney. You know, uh, we hear so much about burnout and stress in the health professions, and a lot of this is focused on the medical profession, but certainly is prevalent in nursing as well. So thank you so much for this very engaging discussion and for giving us some pieces of advice. Hopefully you've learned something here at RN Huddle during this episode that will help you help your coworkers, and help your patients as a result. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RN Huddle. 
thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.